Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic of this discussion is driving strategic IT modernization efforts. And the two executives who spoke on that topic were Mary Kay Wells, the Chief Information Officer of Pearson, and Carmen Wenkoff, the Chief Information Officer of Dollar General. The gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy's co-head of executive networks, research, and media, Stephen Norton, who joins me now. Stephen, good to speak with you. Thanks, Peter. It's great to see you. Well, Stephen, I noted the topic, uh, strategic IT modernization. It's certainly a topic that is of great relevance and central to what we're seeing as an important activity so many global chief information officers and their peers are focused on presently. But I wanted to get your perspective on the topic, along with your uh, ideas about why Mary Kay and Carmen were primed especially to speak well about it. Well, as you noted, modernization continues to be a key item on many CIOs' priority lists, but these days it's evolved way beyond technology. Don't get me wrong, ERP upgrades are still a big part of the equation, for better or worse, but today it's really about modernizing things like customer experience, modernizing talent, culture, mindset, and really making sure that companies are set up for future success. And Carmen and Mary Kay come from different industries, but they both made some great progress in driving that more holistic modernization. And they both spent a lot of time thinking about the different ways that technology can positively impact the customer experience. But Carmen, for example, is thinking about how digital can improve the experience in Dollar General stores, which is where the vast majority of the company's transactions take place. And so it's interesting to get his perspective in an age of e-commerce, how technology and digital are delivering better physical experiences. On the other hand, with Mary Kay, he's led a massive shift at Pearson from physical textbook to building a true digital education ecosystem. And so after a stint of a B2B company for a long time, they're now offering more direct-to-consumer digital products to learners around the world and really starting to understand the individual learner's journey. And so it was great to get her perspective on how the company is thinking about digital customers and how that affects the way that the company operates. I really enjoyed the conversation with them both, and I hope everyone listening does too. Well, thank you, Stephen. Well, let's get to that conversation. Again, driving strategic IT modernization efforts with Mary Kay Wells of Pearson, Carmen Wenkoff of Dollar General, and MetaStrategy's own Stephen Norton. Um, so with that, I'd love to welcome um, Carmen Wenkoff and Mary Kay Wells. Carmen is the EVP and Chief Information Officer at Dollar General, 83-year-old retailer with more than 18,000 stores across the U.S., more than 164,000 employees. Um, prior to joining Dollar General, he was the CIO and Chief Digital Officer at Subway. Um, and Mary Kay Wells is a four-time CIO, uh, most, most recently uh, at CIO and a member of the executive leadership team at Pearson, one of the world's leading education and learning companies. Um, massive scope for Pearson, too. Nearly 200 countries that they serve with digital content, assessments, qualifications, data, um, she's actually been with the firm for about eight years, took on the CIO role in 2016, um, and, and both Carmen and Mary Kay have, have really overseen big transformations of these companies, and I'm, I'm excited to dig into some of those topics today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Mary Kay, I thought we'd start with you. So as I mentioned just a moment ago, you've been with Pearson for about eight years, and you've overseen a big modernization during that time. But there's been a big acceleration during the pandemic, as I'm sure many of us are familiar with, and, and a lot of things that you're focused on now. And so I wondered if you could just give us an update on kind of where things are now and where, where you're focusing um, your modernization efforts at this time. Well, thank you. Yeah, so as you said, uh, lots, of lots has changed uh, over, over eight years, too. So uh, when, when I first started at Pearson, uh, we had 
65 ERPs and I don't know how many CRM systems and something like 90 data centers. And we've done a lot of modernization and consolidation since then in, in anticipation for where we are today. So today we're, we're very much focused on uh, continuing our digital journey, but really offering more direct to consumer products for our learners. And what that means is really leveraging a lot of the work that we've done over the last eight years and thinking about things a lot differently. So if you think about uh, the way that we traditionally in the past have actually delivered education to the market via textbook and then having to now deliver it as a digital product, it's quite different. And uh, having a, a, a direct-to-consumer experience means that it has to be touchless and we have to think about change in a much different way at, by leveraging technology in our content ecosystem along with online marketing. Um, how we support our customers has to be online and in the, in the product experience, really in all aspects around how the organization has to really transform in order to set ourselves up for, for our direct-to-consumer market in the, in the future. So a lot of change. Oh, thank you very much for that overview. That's really interesting. And I'm excited to dig into one of the points you, you made just now about modernization, not just setting you up for today, but really where you want to go and making sure that you can move quickly there. Um, Carmen, turning it over to you. So similarly, you've been at Dollar General for about five years now and overseen a significant amount of change at the organization um, in that time. I'd love to touch on something that we talked about previously, which is the way that the organization of IT has, has transformed over that time and really like building a business within the business. Um, could you talk us through sort of the shape that that's taken and the, the philosophy behind it? Yeah, no, happy to and great point so far. Um, you know, I think on modernization can mean so many different things. And most people think about it as, you know, it's a digital transformation or it's modernizing your technology systems or moving to the cloud and leveraging data and RPA and all those things. And, and it, it definitely is, but we also here took a step back and thought about, you know, what do we really need for not just the next couple of years, but how could we possibly modernize to be future-proof. Um, and that was kind of the goal that we set out to, to take on. And of course, you can't know what the future holds um, other than uncertainty. And, you know, we're talking about post-quantum cyber issues. <laughs> so it's hard to predict. But what, what we can do is look at the organization because it's always going to be people that are delivering whatever is invented and whatever is needed. And so we uh, took a deep dive into that from an org structure perspective and also the ways we call it ways of working how we work together because um you know there are there are past solutions like agile absolutely fantastic but are not future proof and have a lot of gaps in it so we took a step back and said what kind of org structure would we need within technology to make ourselves future proof for whatever's invented and that that entailed looking at every single kind of technology domain that you could possibly need. And we defined about 105 of those. And then we grouped them into categories where it would make sense. And we put in place a structure uh, that you alluded to almost operating as a business within a business. We, and we made each of our domain leaders 
entrepreneurs uh, within that model. Uh, so because entrepreneurs naturally disrupt, they naturally become experts um, and they need to generate demand for their services. And so we set up kind of an end-to-end -end organization like that and, and, and included things that you wouldn't normally include in a normal internal technology group like a sales group. And the sales group would be experts in our internal uh, and external clients and what their needs are and they help them to define solutions and ultimately bring and define the rest of demand for the for the IT organization but they're also experts in communicating to our internal clients and I and I'm sure most can appreciate in IT we're not always the best communicators um, uh, throughout the organization and so having a group that specializes in that and understanding those needs has been tremendous. It's like uh, business relationship management kind of on steroids, I, I think of it. So, so that's been fun. And we've also had to transform and modernize how we work together uh, because now we rely on teamwork much, much more uh, because we have broken into so many different domains. And so you got to look at processes there. And now we're just getting on with modernizing our system. So we kind of flipped it on its head. Say, let's spend a couple of years looking at the people, the processes, um, revamp that, and now let's get on with the rest of the modernization journey. So that's that's some of what we've been up to. Thanks, Carmen. I really appreciate that. And I, I love how you talk about bringing the entrepreneurial spirit to the folks in IT and kind of creating demand for your services. It's a really, really interesting way of thinking about that. Um, Mary Kay, I would love to turn it back to you. As you've made this shift to digital, you've gone from dealing with your typical customer base to getting a lot closer to the individual learner. And one of the things that we've discussed in the past is all the different paths that those learners can take. And so as Pearson has sort of gotten to know those individual customers um, in different ways and perhaps deeper ways, I'm curious how that's affected the approach within IT and the way that you think about um, using data and using technology to interact with those customers. That's a great question. So I would say, you know, thinking about the digital experience and how technology can really have a great influence on that is really looking at how can we offer a seamless end-to-end -end experience where our B2B customers really were transacting with us in a much different way. And so understanding how we can offer uh, a services uh, architecture so our, our engineers can easily develop digital products in an agile fashion. Also looking at things like identity management, uh, data privacy, you know, offering individuals the opportunity to opt out. You know, those are things that typically we didn't have to do in a, a business to business environment, which we have to do now. So we, we've under, we understand a little bit more about our, our customers, but I think most importantly, it helps us understand what value, what additional value could we can provide our learners, because we have such a breadth of, of offerings within Pearson. We now have an opportunity to say, yes, you know, our consumers want something and we can offer some value here versus what we thought before. So we have better information in order to really understand the offerings and really the value that we can provide. Thank you. And I, continuing on kind of the value conversation piece, 
Uh, Carmen, one of the things that I think is particularly interesting about Dollar General is that as all of these new capabilities, digital capabilities um, come to the fore, you're really applying them to the physical experience. Um, in fact, e-commerce is not the major focus area um, for you as a retailer, but really enhancing that uh, physical experience and serving your customers in that way. Would love it if you could talk to us about that and kind of where the focus area is as you think about digital tools applied to that in-person experience. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that those last comments from Mary Kay really resonated with me because we think about it the same way. Um, and when we think about our digital strategies, I don't know how much people know about Dollar General, but we are usually in the middle of nowhere in rural America. Um, and we have a lot of locations, um, almost 19,000, and we open up um, over three a day. And so, um, so it's big uh, and it operates at scale, but it's often literally sometimes the only location in someone's rural neighborhood, about 80% of our stores are like that. And so uh, you're right, when we think about digital in that setting, uh, it's not, it doesn't automatically equal e-com. In fact, e-com is usually an afterthought uh, because what we try to do is focus on um, what additional value or access to services or just how can we enhance the in-store shopping experience because a very high percentage of our interactions with our customers will result in in-store and we don't get to see them much other than self-checkout or checkout so how do we enhance that and and the answer is we started through the app uh, making that journey easier you know we serve um, kind of an underserved population and low to me, uh, medium income customer. And so saving money is critical, uh, especially during times uh, like we're going through now with the inflation and high gas prices and everything like that. And so we, we looked at ways that we can surface deals faster, plan the visit easier. If we need to save time um, and consolidate things, we'll, we'll, you know, how do we plan that journey a little bit better? And even doing things like when you're in store, enhancing that experience, we, in the process of, of uh, developing a scan and go solution, we launched that. And interestingly, what we observed were customers were starting to use that and not necessarily check out in the app. So that's kind of a self checkout um, application that you can use in the store, but there were Kind of abandoning their cart and then just going to check out uh, through normal channels and what we discovered in chatting with our customers is they preferred using that application as a way to make sure that they're operating within a budget and that they don't get to the front of the line and suddenly don't have our, our over on their basket and, and calculating discount discounts and coupons and taxes are sometimes not the easiest thing um, to do so so we rebranded that, uh, we took out the checkout and we launched that and it's been an amazingly popular solution for our customers to leverage for that purpose. And so that's just uh, an example of, you know, how do we, how, how do we leverage digital um, to make that in-store shopping experience better, but also to provide access to services that have nothing to do with selling products in a store, mm -hmm. uh, but have everything to do with serving, you know, our, our core mission is serving others and serving the underserved. How do we give additional access while the customer is engaged in those digital properties so we can serve her better? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that ties in nicely to what you both said about not only being able to set up 
your company to be ready to go and be ready for what's next, but making sure that a seamless customer experience and a value-add customer experience is at the center of that um, all the time. Uh, Mary Kay, as you guys have evolved at Pearson, I'm curious, how have their, how have the metrics that you use changed? As, as more digital capabilities come online and you have more data about customers, are there different sorts of measures or metrics that, that you're using to kind of gauge the progress of some of these transformation initiatives? Yeah, so I think we've, we've recently, I think in the last few years, started to track um, really the, the learning journey inside of, inside of the, uh, some of our products to understand how can we improve our content. So really it's understanding if, if, if a student didn't do well on an assessment, how could, we, how could we improve the content to really improve the learning experience? So that's one way. And uh, so we, we look at the metrics there. Uh, we've got about between 130 and 140 million uh, learners that actually interacted with Pearson last year. And if you think about it, we, we're starting to understand how we can, like I said, offer the, the learners um, different products, different value in order to improve their learning experience, give them additional information that's helpful for them. But then also starting to measure things like time to value. So when uh, an individual get, comes on to some of our platforms, what is the what is the amount of time that they actually sign up and enroll versus you know get on and actually start the learning experience? And those are things that if you think about it, it used to be you know uh, we're going to place an order and then you know we ship a book to the bookstore and then the the student enrolls for you know as part of their university process for example in higher ed how do they actually then then they start you know taking the courses and we have no information at all so that information is is very valuable for us uh, we also are, are measuring things like uh, productivity around our engineering processes because we have a lot more engineers now. So how do we make sure that that we're actually getting, uh, you know, utilizing modern engineering practices, utilizing the cloud, and then getting the most out of uh, out of our engineering investment uh, investment hours. We're looking at things like uh, inclusion and uh, diversity because and sustainability, as we heard before. Those are all things that we're continuing to measure. And I think some of them are related directly to our digital transformation, some related to where we are today in society. But um, things are continuously changing. And uh, the good news is, is that we have data and we're thinking about ways that we can use the data in order to both improve the experience and improve the value. Thank you so much for sharing that. Very interesting. Um, a final question for you both, and Carmen, we'll, we'll start with you. We talked a little bit throughout this discussion today about modernization not really being the, the end-all, be-all, um, but making sure that you have the architecture and tools and people and other things in place to help make sure that your organization is ready to address the future. Um, is there any, are there any thoughts or any advice that you would offer to folks in the audience here as they think about managing their own organizations and technology for all of the, the variables and all the uncertainties to come? I guess what I, what I would say to that is that um, it's sometimes easy to forget the things that aren't as 
um, interesting on the surface. When we're thinking about modernization, we talk about the super interesting digital things. And, you know, when you ask our internal uh, functional areas and customers, they'll come up with the next best ideas for dealing with that. But what I find is that um, all of that can stop dead in the tracks if we don't take care of, um, you know, the nuts and bolts, IT disaster recovery, resiliency, you know, security, um, and, and just managing all of the tech debt that can accumulate really quickly uh, with that. And, and not being afraid to uh, really step back and re-architect because it will impact all of those areas. And so, um, so what I, I, I've been on a journey of, you know, past our org structure and ways of working of really also tackling those foundational elements um, that others aren't asking for, but are critical and, and also changing our processes so that when we do invent the next really interesting digital thing, that it comes with, you know, all the batteries and wires needed, you know, and it's, we don't even ask questions about, do you need a redundant version of this, you know, or does it need to be resilient? That's, that's just the, the, the ground rules uh, for doing that. So I would just mention that to not forget it because it's easy to focus on the fun stuff too. Important advice. Thank you. Uh, Mary Kay, any thoughts? I think um, I agree with everything that Carmen said. I, I think one additional thought that I would ask, uh, add is, you know, it's so important to offer continuous uh, development and certifications for your staff. So the continuous learning journeys, you're, uh, if you're offering these capabilities, we have something like we have learning hours every week that we offer our employees. And what that does is it gives them an opportunity to think differently. And I think that level of investment is, is critical because I think we that's how we generate new ideas and new thinking. And then really uh, get our, our organization is more inspired to, as they, as they learn more to get certifications and to really take risks around going into other parts of the organization or other technologies where they may have been very comfortable, but they they could really blossom in another area and uh, improve their careers. Absolutely, and we'll have to have another conversation on this sometime because being at the center of one of the largest education companies in the world, I'm sure you have so much insight into that learning journey, um, both for external customers, but also for your own teams. I'm mm -hmm. excited to hear about that later on. Um, Carmen, Mary Kay, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. It's been a wonderful conversation and uh, looking forward to continuing it not too far from now. I uh, hope you both have a great rest of your day. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you.